<laughs> I am glad you brought that stuff up before I started recording. Oh no, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I would have known. They, thankfully, I would have not have said nothing. Don't forget to talk about your guys' milestone too. That you text in our group chat a couple days ago. Oh, okay. You know this part. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, I totally did that. One sec. <laughs> Great start on the YouTube show, by the way. Great start. The usual start. Ben Skoranek. Welcome to Beerfield. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two Ps, Chris Hopper, as always, joined by Ryan and Dan. Ryan Miner at Ryan Miner underscore FFP. Dan Thury at Beerfield Thury. Uh, welcome to Beerfield. It's was, week. Go ahead. Was there a drop? Yeah. I didn't hear the drop. Same Z's. Hold, hold <laughs> I was on. like. I was talking over it once again. Ah, that's because I didn't share the desktop audio. Sorry. No, no. I was <laughs> yeah. making sure. No, you're you're good. Well, the first time I had it going out the wrong speaker, so they didn't even hear it on YouTube. The second time, here, here you guys go. My bad. Hey. <laughs> they got to get pumped up. They got to hear it. I can't let them not have the intro music happen. We just fell out of the top 25% for those shenanigans. I am your host at Beerfield Hop. As always, joined by Ryan Miner, Dan Thury. Uh, welcome to the show. Week 14 uh, should be, for most of you, the last week of your fantasy regular season. So, um, you know, make sure you know what you need. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but we've got all your game previews, except for Thursday night, which is going on right now. Uh, all the latest from around the NFL, which Ryan and Dan are going to educate me on because I've been completely unplugged for the last four days. Um, yeah. At We're Beerfield, here. We're happy. Yeah. At Beerfield on Twitter, um, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube uh, and Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, uh, per Spotify metrics, some cool stuff. Uh, top 25% of most followed podcasts. That's, that blew my mind. I figured we'd be like bottom 5%. So that's that's something. Uh, top 25% in most followed podcast. I think that's in the sports category. Um, not overall, but either way, that, that's kind of cool because we don't necessarily have a, a huge following. So I was not anticipating that. So thank you guys that tune in each and every week. Uh, we have created for you guys 4,391 minutes of new content this year. More than ninety six percent of other creators in the sports category. So we're top four oh, wow. percent in the oh wow yeah top four <laughs> percent in the amount that we're talking. So I uh, can't make her fumble. Ah, uh, things, they lose it. Things that yeah. don't surprise anybody. Baker Mayfield three four sixty five yards. 
things that do uh, surprise all people. completions over 20 yards huh the three different receivers huh who name them you think guess the rams receivers hopper ben skaronic <laughs> that's one of them that was the latest one two two at well that was the second one brandon powell no i don't even know if he's on there i don't even know i don't, I, I don't know van jefferson van jefferson Sorry. All 20 plus. I forget about him. I mean, I forget a, a lot of things with this Rams team. <laughs> I forgot about what we just talked about because I don't know so much I care about him. More than them in a moment. Let's go ahead and get into this portion of it. What's fueling beer fueled? Oh, I forgot to mention, just because I said I'd mention it on the show, I beat Dan at disc golf for the first time ever. So He did. Kind he of did. a milestone accomplishment. I mean, Dan beat Dan more so than I beat Dan. Let's be it very was, clear about that. It, it, it was it was rough. It was uh, That was probably the worst putting round I've had after having probably my best year of putting I've ever had. That that last round was just like, oh, oh remember, yeah. remember the yips? Remember how, how people can get it? Yeah, it's, it's your turn, Dan. Zach Wilson? Oh my God! That was like uh, Sam Arnold seeing ghosts out there. It was. It it really, really was. It was <laughs> quite quite a sight to behold. Meanwhile, I had to. So he had to have the yips, and I had to play pretty much mistake free for the first fourteen holes for that to be a thing. So, <laughs> and I I, I I promise you guys, I'm not that good. Yeah. No one you've been from the sport world for the last four days. You're gloating on your win. That's right. <laughs> I wish. That was. I, uh... I wish it were that fun. <laughs> four day bender of it. <laughs> yeah, four day bender. This is for Dan. Dan. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? I am drinking Secret Bear Hug by Goose Island. It's a hazy oh, IPA. I just had that. Really? And it's a secret beer hug, but people call it bear hug because there's a bear on the can. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? So, uh, so did my coworker when he was ordering it on Monday. So. The beer hug, yeah, number one, hug. yeah, number one. That's what they That's call it. The big hazy series. Mm-hmm. I went to the people and asked the people what I should drink tonight. Nice. Dan said IPA, so because they're all IPAs, <laughs> and because you should all, they were all IPAs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. After my bender, I am not feeling beer, so we're going with the bourbon. Uh, from Bourbon Pursuit. This is the Pursuit United bourbon. So just uh. Been in Illinois, just landed in Missouri. Uh, Pursuit United to blend of three different bourbons out of Kentucky, Tennessee, and New York. Um, New York is the New York portion of this blend is uh, from Finger Lakes Distilling. I believe it's a weeder. Um, the Tennessee portion is from somewhere that isn't Dickel, but is undisclosed because of an NDA. Kentucky portion is from Bardstown Bourbon Company. So um, the retail is, yeah, I think it's 60 bucks a bottle. Um, might be less than that. Don't quote me on that. Um, but this is their custom blend that, um, they, and brand that was born out of their podcast. They're really cool guys. Had the pleasure of hanging out with them, meeting them and actually, you know, helping to in some small way to bring them to Missouri. So nice, kind of a cool thing. They're already in Illinois. So I had to bring them to the next state over, but anyway, for review on that midway through the show, Daniel. I am uh I'm doing a show first. I don't think we've ever done this yet. I'm actually doing an NA beer. So the brewery I work for, we uh 
Huh. We do contract brewing for a UK craft brewery and a craft brewery company called Big Drop. Those of you, those of you in Illinois will probably be able to find it, especially in Chicago. Um, they were the first market that they picked to launch it when they decided to go overseas because they're originally from the UK. And then the sale was the brewery that they picked to do all their contracting and all the sales in the States for. So we are, uh, we had our official meeting today with them this morning and uh, you'll start to see them in some of the markets in the Midwest. Missouri is about to be launched, which I'm very excited for. That's my market. Obviously can't do much in Illinois because they're already here with somebody else. So <laughs> I am drinking. Yep. I am drinking big drop. This is their pine trail ale. This is a, uh, very, very well done craft in a it's a uh, for those of you that may not be aware, it's 0.5% alcohol. Obviously, you can't completely reduce the beer out of this, just with how it's done. Um, there's always re fermentation possibilities within the can afterwards. So, 0.5% it, it's what these tend to sit at, and uh, these are the craft inspired ones. Sweet, yep. It is a show first, to my knowledge, but I'm excited for that, and it's a, a cool thing to bring through because there has been a blow-up in the NA beer. It's not just Bush and O'Doul's anymore. No, it's not. It's the craft NA section. It's growing, growing very much so. I think last year they accounted for 20% of all beer sales. So it's not like it's a fad that's that's going to come and go. I mean, the rise of health and fitness, especially through the pandemic, was a very real thing for people. And uh, that's where the rise of craft in a and, you know, there's other bigger breweries in the United States, especially on both on both the coast where they're more ahead of their time when it comes to what they drink. The Midwest is always the last to catch up to them. But. Um, I'm excited because I've, I've been I've been pounding the table for Craft NA to to see their rise because of how well they're done. Indeed, cool. All right, um, let's go ahead and get into some of the news, at least from from what I know. Um, so I'll I'll start obviously with some of the bigger stuff, and then if there's anything you guys can think of, we'll fill in. I'm not going to read straight off of Roto World or anything like that. Uh, so. First off, biggest news, obviously, coming out of last Sunday. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, broken foot, does not look like it's a Liz Frank fracture, but it is still a broken foot, right? Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, they're already down Trey Lance, obviously. That means Brock Purdy is next man up. Motherfucking Brock Purdy. Um, Purdy, a bit of mobility, decent arm, not super high. Was at one point? expected to be a very very highly thought of prospect coming out of college until he wasn't um all sorts of talent never really put together didn't look too bad in relief duty uh but he's gonna be have the 49ers playmakers and you know we saw a big bump to christian mccaffrey coming out of this but you know definitely something to be worried about for you know iu can you know debo who's been pretty mediocre really for most of the season yeah, good old Brock Purdy. After his freshman year at Iowa State, he was considered a, a top three to five Debbie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not hard to see why he had a very high college QBR. Um, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of excitement. His game when you watch his film, be, be, you know, before everything shit the fan for him. Um, you know, he's part of that 
Mayfield and Winston mold, you know, a guy that's got all the tools, got enough athleticism. Um, just he's gonna make some bad decisions. He's he's a part of that that Blake lesser Bortles, tier. Drew Locke, yeah, he's part of that guys. that that lesser tier of 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 gunslinger. Yeah. Where at, at, at he, they can make a play and, and in the right system, you know, with the right coaches, the right playmakers in mind, there might be something to screen a lawn for a few games. And we've seen we've seen bad quarterbacks find some success in this college training and offense. That's what I was just gonna say with so, Nick Mullins yep. and uh yeah. well, let's see. Trevor Simeon in that offense at one point or no? I, not that I knowledge, no. Okay. It, no, it was uh Mullins CJ Bethard. The Mullins and Bethard is what it was. The other Iowa quarterback. So. Fucking Bethard. <laughs> but Brock Purdy, it, it, it was fun because I was a big fan of his of his uh Freshman year film, I think I remember texting Hopper about him. Yeah, like, he, he reminds me of Winston, just like like. It's got the talent, can make every throw, but these God is he gonna make some fucking dumb plays? He's gonna, and and that's exactly who he became. And obviously, yeah. he fell off the face of the earth, and it was a seventh round pick. So, he he's actually Mister Relevant this year. Mm-hmm. But going to San Francisco is a good good landing spot for him with the way Kyle Shanahan can work with him, like he already said. You can mask his flaws, and you have the best pass catching back in the league. Like you don't have to do a whole lot, right? He's got good coaching, <laughs> so he'll he'll yeah. protect him. And yeah, McCaffrey's going to be huge. They can. I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm hoping they get Debo involved in some more creative ways, and you know they'll they'll find a way. They're going to go into the playoffs with this, and with it not, you know, the, it's it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, speaking of playoffs too, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can come back if they make the NFC Championship because he's only out seven to eight weeks. Well, yes. they got to get there first. Well, again, that, that, that's as far as they have to go. I mean, they got they got a good team and great defense and probably the best of the playmakers in football. At least, at least one of it, the best sets. But you yeah. know, good luck getting look, through Dallas or Philly at that point. Purdy didn't look too bad, so I mean, like, he's got plenty of weapons around him to make it work. His first test is going to be a tough one against the box. Yeah, against against the quarterback that he was, I think I think it's how it was. He was, well, he was like two years old or whatever when uh, Brady took. No, not two. Not even. Like, so I looked this up when I saw the quote. Brock Purdy was born in 1999. Tom Brady was drafted in two in 2000. I think he was three months old when Tom Brady yeah. was drafted. Oh yeah, it was like he's the, a junior. Uh, he was game. a junior. Yeah, he was a junior at Michigan. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Yep. Uh, other big one is obviously Baker Mayfield, who is playing right now. Um, Baker Mayfield was released earlier this week by the Panthers. He was picked up by the Rams. We were talking before we came on air. Um, you know, we'll get to what the early results are here in a minute, but why not if you're the Rams? You've got Stafford, who was never, in my opinion, healthy this season. Who's out with now a spinal cord injury? Um, you know, very well could be the the end of the road, and you have no quarterback depth behind him, and you have no draft capital. Um, you know, Wolford they obviously don't trust, and you know Perkins isn't what you would see as a top tier backup. So, you know, why not put the claim out on on Baker, bring him in for the for a million dollars for the rest of the season, and see what you get and you know, look, Rams don't have any draft capital. So if they do have to replace Stafford, 
doesn't hurt to bring him in, build the relationship, see if he'll work, uh, work out and, you know, see what McVay can do. Like we just talked about Shanahan putting quarterbacks in a position to succeed. McVay is also, you know, kind of from that same mold where he is smart enough and understands how to, you know, put players in a position to be successful. No yep. offensive line this year, obviously. So the results haven't been there, but you know, it's a dude that went to a Super Bowl, Jared Goff. And it's easy to pick up a former number one overall pick than it is to try to go out there and draft it in what the fifth round, fourth or fifth round is what they'd have. Yeah. Based on like draft capital right now. So it's like they have nothing that's worth anything. So you might as well just bring in and take the freebie shot at it and see what happens. Derek Carr interception in the end zone. Yeah, that's not surprising either. This game going about as expected as this much as I expected. And uh, one more note, the Rams are the only team that put a claim in. Uh, I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of buzz about San Francisco putting one in, maybe Houston. Rams are talked about as a potential block for the Niners, but um, as Hopper mentioned and, and Ryan, it, it's a good move just to see what you have if Stafford's not the future. And it's a good way to get a, a compensatory pick. If they let him walk in free agency, you know, a team that loves to move away from picks, you know, could get a potential day three. I, I doubt they'll get a third round pick for him, but if they can get an early day three pick for him, it, it's still a very big thing for a team that, that is desperate, desperate for cheap depth. Something's better than nothing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he'll get some. He'll be, it's based on obviously on what they do, will depend on whether they get one themselves. But Baker will likely at least yield them one to start with. And also depends too if Matt Stafford plans to come back next year or not. Yeah. They you may know? just resign him himself. Yeah. 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 We treat Bridge Deal. Unfortunately, you don't have a first round pick, but I believe all the first rounders they gave to Detroit is gone after this or is done after this year. So they sh- Yes. They don't have correct. a first. I think this, they'll this, finally this have a first. Year. Yeah, I think they'll have a finally have a first in twenty four. <laughs> yeah, right in time <laughs> until they fucking trade it away. Let's see. <laughs> For like, I don't know. Maybe McVeigh sees something and no, because I th- no, I think the Jared Goff trade was the the last trade they did with first round picks, which was this year and last year's first rounder. Uh, I got it th- right. Yeah. So they don't, which was the Stafford trade. Yep. So. The Lions have their first rounder this year. The Rams have their own second, which honestly, you're not going to get top flight quarterback there, but you can do something. You probably need a bridge still. Um, they have their own third. The Patriots have their fourth. The Browns have their fifth. The Titans have uh, their. S- huh? Oh, then they have four sixth round picks. The Rams do. Ooh, four sixth round picks. Trying Special teams. This. Yeah, they have the Falcons, the Packers, their own, and the Titans, sixth rounders. And the Lions, seventh. Yikes. No, no, never mind. That went to the Packers. In 2024, they do have a first, their own first rounder. And they still have their full complement of picks in 2025. 2024, they have all of their day one and day two picks. So they just might suck next year, honestly. They, yeah, that's they might, probably they might take their, down rebuild. That's probably the right move. And he let McVeigh. Did McVeigh handpick Goff? Or is that. No, he inherited him. So that was a year after, right? Because McVeigh came in in 17. 
Yes. Okay. So Goff hasn't even picked his own quarterback in a draft yet. Make, effectively. No, he, McVay, uh, not Goff, but McVay, yeah. yes. Yeah, Goff hasn't either, though. You're right. Yeah, but um, you're you're right. Yeah, Goff hasn't either. Yeah. No, McVay trigger, got to pick Stafford when he was available, but he hasn't drafted his own quarterback. And they could opt for it. Look, they need offensive line. The defense is old. You could pull some draft capital out of Cooper Cup as a deadline deal next year if he comes back healthy, you know. 30-year-old receiver still tearing it up, but, you know, if you don't see him... I guess Allen Robinson is, too. Allen Robinson was a one-year deal. Was, was he one-year? One he was a three-year deal. I don't, know like what the deal like, I don't know what the deal breakdown is, but it was a three-year deal. I'm looking at it because Cup just extended not that long ago, either. Yeah. Oh yeah, three year, three year, forty six and a half million with thirty point seven million guaranteed. The out on Robinson is after next year. I was going to say it's probably very front loaded the first two years. Yeah, eight point four in dead cap. It's very yeah. front loaded. That makes sense. Uh, so, he, so he could be a trade deadline next year, really. If maybe. he has any value, yeah. It's it, maybe the Rams. They're, they're like, he's going to have to look good when the Rams are bad. So yeah, age thirty season. It's oh my god, it's gross. So the other, I guess, I don't know how this works in the NFL, but with Cooper Cup, um, his out isn't until after 2024. So, you know. Oh, yeah. He, he have another year of team control, I guess. We'll see. Yeah, because, and then, even then, it's a lot of dead cap to cut him. I see, I don't think there's... But now looking at cutting them, I think it'd just be trying to do like a trade off, trade them somewhere to a contender. That's what they would do. They'd have to absorb the salary too. Anyway, just a rabbit hole. Got a little bit of a rabbit hole there. Um, Cortland Sutton sidelined. Uh, he hurt his hamstring last week and has not practiced since. So uh, it's with Jerry Judy back though. So they can't get healthy. Uh, Rondale Moore sidelined still. I think Joe Mixon's trending towards playing. And I don't know. Traylon Burks was concussed last Sunday. He is not practicing currently. So it seems like, it seems like when these guys are down with concussion, they're down for two weeks now. Yeah. It's like the new protocol. It's not like you're down Sunday and you're back in the following week. It's like you're down Sunday and then you're already out the next Sunday. So it's like two weeks out now. Yeah, it's got to be pretty obvious if, you know, going to be pretty light of a concussion for them to come back after the game in which they, you know, did occur to As you said, there isn't a lot of big news. Mark Ingram's out three to five weeks. Plays out for uh, the rest of the season. Saints are on a bias. It's going to be much this week, but Ooh, Desmond uh, Ritter's taking over. Again, doesn't really mean much at all. <laughs> Just to me. It's, it's, right me. Me. it's it worth it. It's worth watching. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't really care, but it, it can't be much worse than Mariana. I don't I think. Guess that's the I don't know that there's a ton of upside. I think that Ritter's fine, but he didn't. I don't know. He's a smart player. He doesn't have some of the raw tools that other people have. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, on a team devoid of fucking talent. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, yeah it's going to be... Uh... <laughs> it's, gonna be game... it's probably going to be game manager with some rushing upside. 
Yeah. It's going to be Alex Smith. But, be Alex Smith. but they need to see what they have in him and how he oh, absolutely a little bit. It's the right move. Yeah, yeah. it took too long. Just, I understood why it took him this long, but not so. going to be a world changer. No, I still have hope. I know you do. I'll be thinking of you when he when he goes, you know, twenty seven for one hundred and seventy five and a touchdown. But no, but no picks. But no picks. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't know if they'll let him throw that much to get to two hundred. Maybe might. Drake. He's, he's maybe cannon, though. Maybe he'll unlock Drake. I don't. It's not. Does he really have it? I don't think he has a cannon. He's oh, got yeah. an adequate. He's got an adequate arm. It's I think. Okay. Fine. Yeah. It's got. It's. I wouldn't call it a cannon though. A cannon is Malik Willis. That motherfucker's got a cannon. Yeah. Desmond Ritter's got like a super <laughs> soaker with three hydro should attach to it. It's not. Going far, but I won't it, it'll it. get it'll get there. <laughs> you know what's funny, Dan? His best play comparable on player profiler is Alex Smith. Alex isn't it? Smith, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, one hundred percent. So, yeah, not a cannon for an arm, but smart player, and that'll work. You know, from, that from could work. What I could tell, and that yeah. that can absolutely work in the right system. So I don't I think I'm gonna hands that, but we'll see. I, I don't either, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, that's that's all I want to go into on the news. I don't think there's anything else that was severely missed. And if there is, it's injury related and we'll find it. We're good. Uh, um all right. One other thing before we get into game previews. So last week of the regular season, I would encourage you as you look at start sets and ask these questions to know what you need. And what I've been by that is this. Know where you're at in the standings. Know for my playoff odds, do I need to win? What are my tiebreakers? Do I need to score points? Am I, it's more important that I play against my opponent or I just put up as many points as possible in case of a tiebreaker scenario? Um, that's all going to come into to how you set your lineups. You know, we talk about floor some weeks and projections and things like that. This week, more so than anything else, you got to look at how the tiebreakers are going to fall, how points four is going to land, and what actually you need to do and you need to happen to get into the playoffs. Especially, very few teams are going to be sitting clear into the first or second spot. There's going to be a lot more teams that are fighting it out for you know, four, five, six seeds separated by the way the season's gone. I think every league is like this that I'm in, you know, separated by maybe one win and 20 to 30 points in the standings. It's great advice. And, and, and you know, start looking, you know, if you're, if you're a team that, or if you're in, in a league that use defenses or, you know, continuing to look at what your playoffs look like, you know, depth, it's, it's not so, I mean, depth is so important, but getting your roster set up for success, mm-hmm. you know, picking up backups, handcuffs, Run, not, to your back own, handcuffs. not even just to your own team, but start looking at your other opponents. Start looking at your other teams. and One injury away. Yeah. Always it's, one injury it's away. It's a perfect cock pluck. And maybe look at a guy that you've been holding on to for maybe too long. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can drop him, you know, get some name cachet to him that you're, someone else could pick up and fucking deal with. Uh, especially in... Especially in redrafts, right? It's gamesmanship. If you know, as long as you're playing by the rules, if your league does not have a rule of if you pick somebody up, you have to start them or something like that, pay attention to defensive matchups. Absolutely. Go pick up, 
got teams that have good, you know, defenses that have defensive matchups and just stash them. You can't take those bench players into with the next year. So, you know, if you've got two or three spots and there's, you know, good defensive matchups out there, stash the defenses on your roster. And don't be afraid to clock, clock block either when it comes to waivers. Yeah. If there's a good player out there and you don't need it, take it anyways, just because that takes that one more player off that opponent's opportunity to beat you with. And out of the playoffs. Yeah. If you're not in the playoffs, you know, also know, is there a consolation bracket, a toilet bowl, whatever, keep setting your lineups. I will tend to, there's no reason that you have to do this, but I will tend to, if I'm not playing for anything, back off the waiver wire and the waiver claims and stuff like that as a, as a non-competing team. But that's only if literally the consolation brackets and everything mean nothing, but do set your lineups throughout the end of the year. You committed for a full season, play a full season. Yep. That's like what I did in the Scott, Scott Fishbowl that's going in around three. I didn't need anyone, but I went and tried to pick up every claim I could of every player that was available. Mm-hmm. I only got one. Are you still in the playoffs? Yeah. Nice. I am. I, I, got in. I, got, I got in with that Rashad White touchdown. Really? Yeah, literally the last play of the game got me in. <laughs> nice. Because my dumbass thought that the uh, the bye week players had their averages added to it. I was wrong, and I almost lost because of it. <laughs> I'm like messaging Scott, like personally, it was like, I I thought that was a rule. Like legitimately thought that that was supposed to be the case just for Scott Fish, and it wasn't. And we talked about it for a little bit, and I'm like, I'm not gonna like ask him to ever do anything like this is my own problem my own mistake i thought i was going to be done for sure and then for shy white to the rescue shot white well, to the well, rescue what are you ranked right now i am like oh i can actually look you i'm up. like the 10, i'm like 1190 i was like one of the last teams after the after the fact daniel carlson's doing me some nice though some nice work hopefully oh. i was hoping the raiders didn't get that fucking interception got some more points but you're at 909 now. Oh, yeah. I'm moving up because of, of, of Carlson. I'm at 213. I don't have any kickers. Did you say that? Well, really I have to play him because of the Scott Fish. I have to play because because I'm on sleeper. I have to play kicker. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because you did the live draft. Live right? draft. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, I have yeah. to play. And, and, and you can't flex a kicker in, yet on sleeper. That's why you have to play one. All right. Um. Before we get into previews, we're going to save the, uh, since we did a really short intro segment, we'll save the reviews until between the noon and three o'clock games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get into this bye weeks this week, again, I have one league that's starting playoffs in week 14. Bad idea because of this. We all knew it going in. It's fine, but bad idea because of this right here. Um, your bye weeks right now are voluminous but not really super impactful thankfully it's the falcons so don't really lose anything there the bears so you lose justin fields and david montgomery the packers so you lose aaron jones the colts the saints and the commanders all on by this week so um it's just a lot of running it's that's a lot of running backs loss uh, uh Kamara, JT Jones, Kamara, yeah, Kamara, JT Jones, uh, Gibson, Gibson, Robinson, Robinson, um, and you know, not a lot of quarterbacks, though, not a lot of receivers lost in this one either. So, McLaurin really being the highlight of wide receivers that don't, I guess, McLaurin on Olave, 
I mean, Watson in his eight fucking touchdowns in four weeks, but yeah, know. that too. So anyway, it is the last run of bye weeks for the season. Uh, and there are, yeah, six teams on bye. So something to be aware of. You're going to be three games short this week. Dan, you ready? You ready? Over, over to you. All right. First game's the one that uh, this show will call it the game of the week. Vikings at the Lions. The most controversial, I guess, line or guess spread, the most talked about spread this week. Lions one and a half point favorites at home. 51 and a half is the game total. And that to me is tied for the highest. Only two games on this slate that have 50 plus. This game is one of them. Look, if you think you're basically betting on who wins this game, if you think the Vikings will win, take the money line. If you think Detroit will win, take the spread. This game is not going to be one point. It's going to be probably more than that. Don do last minute field goal touchdown. I don't. I don't see this ending in in a one point game. My best advice: take the over. You have two of the worst defenses, two of the most funneled defenses in terms of yards. So a lot of production to be had in this game, and. A lot of scoring potential. So take the over, have fun. Otherwise, just take who you think will win. Just take the best odds of whichever one you get between money line and spread. Yep. I mean, you're going to go full chalk with this one. Kirk Cousins is a is a streaming option. If you need to replace Justin Fields, as is Jared Goff this week, um, stay away from both defenses. Other than that, Swift put himself back into comfortable territory with more of a normal workload last week. Jamal Williams is leading the league in touchdowns. Both Detroit backs are completely viable this week. Um, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously, more than viable. Uh, Jameson Williams, uh, he didn't do anything last week, so he's still working his way back. Don't put your playoff hopes on that. Um, for the Vikings, if you need a, a you know, stream wide receiver, Adam Thielen's not a bad go grab. TJ Hawkins in revenge game. Ooh, TJ Hawkins in revenge game. Dude, you nailed this game, right? This game is the highest over under. This game's going to be back and forth. The values of all the Lions are freaking awesome. Jared Goff, 5,600. Jamal Williams, 5,900. DeAndre Swift, 5,800. You can't go wrong with either back on that one. But I feel like the shift is going more DeAndre Swift this week just based on what they did last week, where basically you're waiting for Jamal Williams is basically so touchdown dependent, where Swift is actually part of the uh, passing game. So that PPR boost is what actually helps him. So for $100 cheaper, I'm actually willing to go with DeAndre Swift. And keep an eye on Jamison Williams, because when I was there Sunday for the game, uh, the whole entire stadium was kept screaming, we want J-Mo. So this could be a game where he comes out and we actually see something, but with the way they're playing right now, it's borderline iffy because we don't know for sure if they're going to be playoff bound or if not, because it's I mean, a five-second record. There's not a better defensive secondary matchup to get him involved in. You know, it, one of the first plays the Packers ran with Watson in week one was a deep shot that was flat out dropped. There's a a mold of receiver that can destroy the secondary of Minnesota. It's going to be speed. And, and that's Jameson and, Williams. And that's Jameson Williams. That's his calling card. So um, the offensive line, I believe, in Detroit is the healthiest has been. This is, uh, I don't see a lot of pressure getting on to Goff. And the man may not be that great at football, but one thing we know he's good at is you give him a clean pocket in time, you can dissect your your secondary. And <laughs> I think you don't my, got a good one. I think my only problem with Jamison Williams is that 
eight offensive snaps and 11% snap share last week. They're oh, definitely I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying to play him. This, uh, to play him. No, they're also they're also not, not out of the playoff hunt, and there's going to be getting them ramped up is probably the best move until you're mathematically out or you until you to, feel confidently that you're out. You want him to dip his feet in, sure, but I don't think you want to... You know, I, I I don't think you want to go too fast or hard with that. You wanna you want him to dip his feet in, ramp him up as the season goes along. Um, you know, I look at Jamison Williams and the way I think they're gonna use him, and I really think he's a guy that if he does ramp up over the next two to three weeks, that could be a league winner throughout depending on what their matchups are, do throughout your championship week and maybe even uh your semifinal week. But it might take that long to get there. They're breaking the rust off him right now. We'll see. It'll be a fun one to watch. Oh, yeah. All right. Jets at the Bills. Bills, 10 point favorites at home. 43 and a half is the game total. The Jets look like an entirely different team with the addition of Mike White. I don't know if that's going to amount to much um, long term. 57 but, fucking times. Yeah. Um, that's That can work against Minnesota. I, I don't think that's going to, that's not going to be as much success against against a team like Buffalo, even without Von Miller. Um, Are they still without most of their secondary too? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're still very much hurt. Um, and to that, I I I I would almost lean the under. I can see this going easily of the way of a New England of the New England Jets games this year. Uh, and it's just just a dog fight. Uh, we know what Buffalo can do as an offense at any given moment, but even their even their own team hasn't been playing up to what I think a lot of people thought they'd be. So, I I just I I I take I lean the under, but probably pass on this game. Yeah, it looks like Milano not practicing. Jordan Foyer, vet rest, so he should at least be healthy. But yeah. All right, my turn. <laughs> yes, your turn. So for the Jets, we'll start there. Um, obviously, Garrett Wilson's been fantastic. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, <laughs> Elijah Moore. I think people had a lot of hope with with Mike White, and it's been better. He had six targets last week. Productivity hasn't necessarily followed. Um, you're looking for again a streaming option that has upside. If you're somehow in a pickle, Elijah Moore's not a bad route to go. However, there's no floor to this at all, none. So, you know, it's a hail mary. Running back side for the Jets. Uh, Michael Carter is going to be back. He is practicing. Uh, that's going to throw a little bit of water on Zonovan Knight, but I expect him to fully be involved still. So uh, take that for what you will. You're going to end up in a in a split backfield type of scenario that makes both guys flex options, though, in my opinion. Um, I think Knight does get most of the um, kind of early down work. He's not going to be phased out, but Michael Carter, I think, is still going to have a role. Uh, particularly if the Jets get behind is is they might and he ends up in the receiving game a bit. Now, it's not going to completely take Zonovan Knight out of the fold, 
It's not what I'm saying, but that's his calling card. If he's healthy, they're going to use him. Um, flip side of this for the Bills. That one's going to be pretty well chalk. Um, I'm not. I am not leaning on Gabe Davis this week if I can help it. Um, good secondary for the Jets. Um, good scheme. I you know I don't expect this to be you know necessarily a shootout per se. So you know this is not something that builds up like this is going to be a Gabe Davis day to me. It's just that's not how I see it. Um, so your digs, your Allen, your your Singletary for Buffalo. You still, you still feel Singletary even though with uh James Cook kind of pushed him more into it. 13 carries, 51 yards, and a tutty last week. He's still fine as an RB2. But it was like the overall target share. Like, if you, if you include carries and targets, it was like 20 to 15. That's because... Lean towards James Cook. James Cook ended up with, with six targets in that one, sure. Um, And also 14 carries. But, yeah, that, that just means you got another starter in James Cook, not that you're sitting Devin Singletary. You still see a 50-50 split going on with it. That's um, the last thing you want for that's the last thing you want in an offense that doesn't even like it 50-50 is 50 is not great either. No. no, it's not, but outside of I mean, looking up and down this, right? There's not you you talked about the number of running backs you lost this week, right? You don't have a lot of things that aren't gonna be 50-50 splits or split in some way. No, the Lions yeah, no, are a 50 totally 50 split. Um Mixon should get get full work. Chubb should get full work. Um Bills are gonna be close to a 50 50 split. Jets are gonna be split. Cowboys will be split. Jaguars potentially. Um you know Broncos are a clusterfuck. The Chiefs are a clusterfuck. Seahawks are potential, I think, without Kenneth Walker, right? Walker and DJ yeah. Dallas still aren't practicing, so you're looking right. at Travis so Homer. Looking at Travis Homer, Dolphins are split. Bucks are split. It's gonna be a rough. It's it's a rough. It's been a rough season for running backs. So you got to start somebody in a 50-50 split. Basically, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I no, I don't totally understand where you're coming from. It's just like you look at your RB ones and you think like, oh yeah, I can do that, and then your RB twos, you're like, oh my gosh, like. That's the hardest position to fill right now is RB2. And, and the flex spot. Yeah. 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 I mean, so who would you rather play than Singletary or Cook? If if you had both, if you, if you had a roster with both, or if they're both in waivers, and you you know, you need to pick up one, you know, those smaller leagues, I'm sure. PPR, you know, which is going to be most leagues, I think I'd rather go Cook. He's getting all yeah. the receiving work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they both ran. Sim, you know, they both had similar snap shares, you know, both below 50, about 45%. Both ran 10 plus routes. Singletary's uh, got four touchdowns over the last four weeks. So, I mean, it just, yeah, I'd prefer it, Cook and PPR, but, you know, both have value. Yeah, they could be a wash at, at the end and have the same amount of points at the end of this week. I mean, it could be the conversation, it could be the arguments of, of Zach Bosch and, and Devin Singletary from last year and two years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, except I don't I want Except I think Singletary is like overall better this year, and James Cook I think is better than Zach. It's a better version of that. I know, I know, I know. Um, 
but do keep an eye on Cook. If it if it's if the snaps continue to increase and his touches too, that's something to keep an eye on. Regardless if you pick him up or not, or have him stash or not, that's something to keep an eye on. It's still an offense you want to have parts tethered to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I was just gonna say too, right? You get one week of of that, but then you know, you had what three weeks ago where it looked like all right. Yeah, 11 carries went for 86 yards. He might be breaking out. And then you go to the next week and you got 28 total yards. You had five targets, but you ended up with 28 total yards. So the consistency isn't quite there with Cook yet either for me to say, all right, yeah, this is going to happen. I mean, he had a game all the way back in week two where he looked like, all right, this is going to be decent. And then went on hiatus for like the entire middle part of the season. I mean to be honest, so oh. there's only one reliable piece of or one reliable playmaker in Buffalo too. Yeah, it's Diggs. Yeah, and and, and that's you know that's kind of been. I mean that offense is extremely successful, obviously with it, but that's obviously something that they've been missing is is a a second playmaker. So it's like a rotation of receivers underneath receivers, and then these yep. type of running backs too. All right, Ravens at Steelers. Steelers. No DFS talk. I'm sorry. I sorry. We went on a tangent. It's okay. I still like James Cook and DFS of forty six hundred dollars compared to Devin Singletary at fifty seven hundred. Yeah, just for cause, like just to say that thousand dollars, one hundred percent. Exactly. I'm chasing the cost, and same with Zonovan yeah. Knight. He's at fifty one hundred. It's like I'm not really too worried about Michael Carter coming back because I s- still see him as being sixty forty with what's Carter. The, like, what's the cost on Carter? Carter's uh fifty three hundred, so he's only two hundred dollars more. And then my favorite play of this week is actually Gabe Davis, because he's down to fifty three hundred. And like you always say, Dan, and I actually wrote it in my article. Either he finishes, you know, he's the wide receiver one, and then I even wrote he's either you know wide receiver one or wide receiver sixty nine. Because it's true, because he's so boomer bust, but it's like. When that cost comes in at that value, it's just like you just take it. And well, the problem the with and that is that he doesn't really. There isn't a a game like I know Hopper may disagree, but I don't like he he doesn't have a tell of when you should play him because it's, it's it, it could look like a great matchup, but then he you know he has five targets, one catch for ten yards. It could be a decent. It can be a bad matchup or matchup you didn't think game script would matter or 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 they're going to be more run heavy or they're not going to have to score enough you know a, a lot of points to win and then he goes. You know, three catches in the first half. You know, two go for touchdowns. Right. Like it's it, it's that it's like if that is and, Gabe Davis. That 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 is literally him. And, and and you play him, you have one or two. Like that's what you have to accept. And, I, I it, he should be he should be in your DFS matchups. I would never play him in cash, but if, if you want, he should definitely be a part of your GPP pools when you're when you're you know building lineups around the Buffalo offense. Yeah, and I do disagree to a degree the last matchup against the jets he was bad by the way so you got some historical there it was two for 33 on five targets in the last matchup against the jets um but as i look back at at the season um you know there's been a couple times where you thought he was gonna go off and he dotted you two that i'm counting otherwise and there's been zero times where he's gone off and you didn't look at it and think that he could I think is what it is. So trying to predict when it's going to happen. Hindsight's 2020, 20, right? Go back to week one. We expected the Rams to have a good defense with what we know about the Rams. Now 
it would have made sense that he went off in that game. And he did. Um, and then you got the dud against Miami. Okay. If I remember that game right, there were like two balls that missed him by like that much. Um, you got... I mean, you know, it dead against Baltimore, but that would qualify for, okay, yeah, he dodged you when he thought he was going to go off. I guess my argument is he hasn't gone off in a game where I would look at it and say, I absolutely don't expect him to go off in this game. That has not happened yet. Therefore, it'll probably happen this week. But Pittsburgh without TJ Watt, yeah, looked at that one and said, okay, yeah, probably a game he can go off. Minnesota um, looked at that one and said, okay, yeah, probably a game he can do decent. He did. Didn't. 10 targets, six reception, 93 yards, and a touchdown. New England looked at that one, said bad. Two receptions, 15 yards. So Detroit, that's another one of those anomalies where it's like, okay, yeah, you ex- I expected him to go off in that game. He didn't. So, you know, you're trying to pick the spots of when he's going to go off, and you might get burned doing that like you would if any boom-bust player. But if I look at a matchup and say, this ain't good for him, that has been mostly true. Right. And then follow that up. I like the uh, New York Jets DST, twenty five hundred bucks. Because last time these two met, Josh Allen threw two interceptions and took five sacks along with that. But that was also at MetLife Stadium, so maybe being in Buffalo could be a whole different thing. Josh also hasn't been playing great. He's beats Josh Allen because he's Josh Allen, but he's also Buffalo's. Yeah, Buffalo. He's showing. He's showing some. He's showing things. I think people forgot about him for what he was first couple years. He's still prone to mistakes. Like that's the type of quarterback he is, and it's all love because it's of how good he's become. But he's so prone to him, like the same way with you know Mahomes will fall into that trap. Like it's oh, not yeah. me digging on Allen. It's it's a, a lot of you know that's a common trait amongst these younger elite QBs is that they can do too much because they believe themselves as being the best person on the field, and Allen yeah. will fall into that trap constantly. Like it, it's not a common, it's not an uncommon thing to see from him anymore. Yeah, it was basically exactly where he was at last year, honestly, from percentage standpoints and everything. Yeah. All right. Ravens at the Steelers. Steelers, one and a half point favorites at home. 36 and a half is the game total. This is, I believe, the lowest on the slate. Yeah, the lowest. One of uh, one of a, a couple of games that are in the 30 <laughs> Jesus, gun range. There, there's something we missed in the news. Lamar Jackson's MCL sprain. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'll, one to three weeks. Yep. Um, so, you're gonna get Tyler Huntley this week. Yep. Um. Just, just. Both teams can't put up a lot of points. Both defenses aren't very good, but you have slow pace offenses that will easily get into their own way. Um, I'm sure Ryan will mention the defense and DFS. Um, as for betting, though, just look a different direction. This is not a game you want to you want to try to dip your hand into. Yeah, Ravens are in a bad way here from a fantasy perspective, too. You had Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake pretty much splitting last week. Um, Andrews is uh, how do you say not looked fantastic throughout? No, but thankfully his best his best three to four weeks, but. His best games from last year came with Huntley, so maybe there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is hope here. So, um, you you got to play him right because even when I say he's not been good, he's still a middle of the road tight end one. So, yeah, you are playing him. You just aren't getting the upside out of him that you drafted him for. 
Um, I don't know what else you can confidently play against the Ravens or against or for the Ravens necessarily. Bateman's still on IR. Um, receiver wise, there hasn't been a lot that stepped up with any form of consistency. You've gotten some flashes out of people, but you haven't gotten any consistency there at all. Um, Pittsburgh kind of just middle of the road on defense in, in most facets. So yeah, I, I, well, okay. Fourth most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So you've got some options there. You just can't really trust anything on the Ravens, which makes that tough. Who you just don't play, you just don't play any you just play Mark Andrews, right? That's yeah, that's, like he, there's no need to try to dissect not, in a game it, that yields no it points. Should just be Mark Andrews. There's no points. There's no you know, you might have a receiver that goes off here, but Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Jackson or Marcus Robinson or something uh, you're not gonna predict. Yeah. Um Drake and Edwards are in an ugly, ugly timeshare. Steelers side of this, no Deontay Johnson. That's good news for George Pickens. Hopefully, absolutely. And then Fryermuth and Harris. That's that's it. I think it's great news for Fryermuth. Yeah, great, great yeah. He's be, he's pretty much become baby, baby Andrews, and tied in with that's getting the the high end target share you want to see on a on a piss poor mm-hmm. passing offense. Yep. Isn't it crazy to see Tyler Huntley starting Week 14 once again after he did start Week 14 last year for the Ravens? Not really. You don't think so? No. Because he started week 11 last year, and then he came back week 14 through 18 and had that terror like the first two games, and then... He then got hurt. Like, that was when Jackson got hurt, then yeah. he got hurt, and then they had Josh Johnson come in. And then I they got him back. Yeah. I think that uh, shit just happens and coincidences are real. I still like Huntley this week for 5500 bucks. You can't go wrong with that as a bargain play type of quarterback if you want to go. Because you're, you're kind of hoping for the rushing upside. Which yeah, a lot last year, and that's something I should have mentioned too. Is that Huntley is, you know, a streamer. If you're you're streaming quarterbacks, is not a bad option. You're probably too late on it, but not a bad op- right yeah. now. Maybe not, but not a bad option. And then also, like you said about Mark Andrews, like if you're gonna start anyone, you're gonna start Mark Andrews because last year, Mark Andrews showed like increasingly he was a lot better in fantasy even with uh, Huntley than he was with Lamar Jackson, which is also shown again this year, but. We haven't seen that side of Huntley yet with Andrews, so I'm hoping we see that. We see Andrews come back to one of the top tight ends to be up there with Kelsey at 6,500, and I think Kelsey is Kelsey's at 7,600. So $1,100 savings to try to get the tight end one this week is kind of worth it. Yeah. And like and like Dan said, he already knew what I was going to do. He knew I was going to go with the uh, two defenses because I you can play them both against each other because – they both take sacks. They both throw interceptions. And I like the Steelers a lot more because, they're yeah, they're $500 cheaper at 2800 But they also have T.J. Watt back, and it's amazing how much better that defense looks just with T.J. Watt back on the field. It's, what a difference an all-pro a, a pass rusher makes to a team <laughs> right? when they're it's finally like, healthy. Yeah, One player, I'm like, this is, this is freaking mind-blowing. All right, fuck that game. Eagles at the Giants. Eagles seven point favorites on the road. Forty four and a half is the game total. Uh Giants just kind of 
look pedestrian for majority of the season. The offense is starting to take a bit of a toll. Barkley showed up late on the injury report. Something to monitor as we go. And Philly just continues to be arguably the best team in the NFC. Um, right up there with Dallas. So uh, I, I still don't trust this point spread. This is still uh, two divisional matchups. Massive matchups for, for not just the two teams, but for wall card implications, for number one seed implications. So Giants are 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 trying to hold on to their uh you know to their playoff, you know, hopes here in a must win home game. I, I, I would put a little money in on New York to take this. I wouldn't bet the house or anything like that. Take a little bit of money on New York to win this game at home. Trying to take one away from Philly and keep those uh keep those playoffs hopes. That's there's no real analytical dive to it. It's just a that's just a, a hopeful take. thing. That's just a little bit of a bias hope, but yes. Is that because the Giants are at home? You know, kind of want, advantage. That's because I want I want the Eagles to lose so the Vikings still have a chance to number one seed. <laughs> also because the Giants, there's the truth. The Giants do play with some grit. That's how you win ugly is you play with some grit and their backs against the wall. So I mean they're gonna give you a fight. Yeah. Divisional it, matchup. Yeah. Pretty closer than people think. It's at home. I think Philly still wins, but it's gonna be closer than people think. I I I definitely think I lie. I definitely think you take Giants into plus seven. I think this is more than this is far less than a one score game. Yeah, it's gonna be in that three to four point range. Yeah, I think so. Um, for the Eagles, it's start everything. Devonta Smith is the one that you normally question, but you look over the last four weeks. Eight, nine, nine, and eight for the target volume. Just one week under 50 yards, and he had a touchdown that week. So um, Devonta Smith is a, a full go here. For the Giants, you can't trust anything other than Saquon Barkley. Uh, Daniel Jones, we talk, as we talked about quarterback streamers. Again, rush, turnover prone, but rushing upside back against the wall. He's, you know, they're going to rely on him. They're going to rely on Barkley. They have to. It is a, what I would consider a must-win game for the Giants. So, um, again, don't have anything in the receiving game that you can trust. They they have a hole there, um, so not as as gung ho on that, but pretty pretty well a chalk game. You don't trust Darius Slayton at all? No. For the uh, Giants, he's been getting ten, six, eight targets over the last three games. And, he's actually their wide receiver one, but that's pretty much it. And but yeah, and who shadows? Slay. Yeah. Touche. All right. We're good. We can move on to the next game. Dan, uh, Chris, oh, never mind. Dan, DFS? Dan, Dan's gone. Yeah. Dude, I'm like looking at, like, looking at last week, like Jalen Hurts, the Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, Devonta Smith stack was like the winner because AJ Brown, Devonta Smith had like 55 points between the two of them alone. So to find a game stack like that to work again, oh, well, that'd be a little rough. Yeah. Get AJ Brown, 8,000. Smith at sixty three hundred, and Jalen Hurts at eighty one hundred. So that's what eight sixteen. We also need to find a Giants running back. We also need to find a Giants running back with two. That's twenty two four. Twenty two thousand four hundred. So you're almost have fifty, like almost half your salary wrapped up just in three players. So you try to really try to tweak it, and it's hard to go like if you try to go with anyone from Giants, it's Saquon Barkley. I mean, you find you try to find like you're gonna find Kenny, a cheaper Giants to run it back with, like a Kenny Galladay at 3200, and hope for the best. Or that, or you a, just do a two stack. 
you do a Hurts and Smith or Hurts and, and Brown, and then you just don't run it back with any Giants. You find another yeah. skinny stack to make. Yeah, if you're if you're playing any Giants this week, it's Saquon Barkley, like Hop already said. And I, I wouldn't look at anyone else's. That's just you're just messing with fire at that point. I mean, you mentioned Detroit receivers being cheap too. I mean, like you can you don't have to run it back with their quarterback receiver. You can just do you know two receivers and somebody else too. You can you can yeah. find you can find skinny stacks in your DFS builds. Oh, big if time. you really want to build a QB wide receiver base with you know with this Eagles game, because I agree, Ryan, there really isn't a Giants player you want to throw up run back. Slayton, what's Slayton's price, Ryan? He's 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 been. Utilize deep, but he's going to draw slay. That's exactly what we just talked about. Was yeah. that he's getting targeted, but he's going to slay will shadow him. He's at fifty one hundred. So I would, mean, would, would slay okay. shadow? Galladay's supposed to play, right? Would slay shadow? I don't. I I I, I know slay shadows, but would he shadow him though? I think you would shadow slate and Galladay's okay. two years into not showing you that he's a, showing you he's not a threat. So well, I mean, Slayton isn't either, but I think Slayton's more of a threat. Slayton is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like soft pillow. It Slayton's pillow is a little let bit firmer. Put, let me put it this way: Slayton's <laughs> got twenty-four targets and is the only guy getting any form of realistic volume. So that's a, that's, so that's yeah. over the last three weeks. So. You, throw, you throw directly at Galladay, he can't catch. I can't believe they're winning games. I saw it. people want to call the Vikings frauds, and they just ignore the the Giants. Both of the both of the uh, New Jersey teams here. <laughs> All right, is that is that everything, guys? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for that. Game. All right, we got a couple new games. We got a few, three new games left. Browns at the Bengals battle of Ohio 2.0. Bengals are five and a half point favorites at home. Look, second game back for Watson. Pressure gone. Everyone cheered. I will always cheer for him to suck. But um, take the Bengals. I can't believe they're only five and a half point favorites. Burrow traditionally is struggles, right? He struggles against Cleveland. He's so good against the Chiefs and Mahomes. But yeah, he struggles to do anything against Cleveland. So I'm debunking that narrative. They're going to get this win this week. Take the Bengals minus five and a half. Yeah, Bengals not giving up a ton of points for wide receiver here. Um by by any stretch, just John Watson's look bad. Yes, Amari Cooper had nine targets. Yes, I don't know how you fade him, but um, you know, you're gonna do that. And Donovan Peoples Jones kept his floor. He did have the return touchdowns last week. Um, it should be a high scoring game. Those are guys that kind of sit on the fringe for me. Of you know, the game script should dictate a more than 22 pass attempts for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, Cleveland's defense had three touchdowns. They didn't have to rely on him at all last week. Um, you know, I, I would suspect that this is going to be a little bit more high scoring, which, you know, outside of Chubb is going to mean that Cleveland will need to use their wide receivers. Um, so, but I don't trust the productivity and I don't trust where Watson is to be able to support them. So it's kind of a, an ugly flex. If you have to, there's some upside there, and I want to acknowledge that, but it's not something that I'm like targeting or finding ways to get them into my lineup. Um, flip side of this with the Bengals, they're going to draw up chalk. Cleveland is middle of the road against the the pass and the run, so uh, you know you don't get cute there with anything. You just run them out and go. Uh, since he's defense, by the way, if you're looking, if they're available and you're looking streamer. Watson, Rusty, not a lot of productivity. 
It's going to take some sacks. It's going to take some picks, probably. I hope. Fuck do, you think he, do you think he throw deep, throws deep a lot to Cooper? Do you think they finally get that connection, like that rust finally breaks off? And like we see the same game that we saw from Cooper the same exact time when Brissett was thrown to him against Cincinnati. We no. had those deep throws. No. I mean, maybe, but maybe. Well, that's exactly it, right? It's like I said, there's upside to both of them. Do you want to bet on it? Not me. I don't. Somebody somewhere will have to take that. Somebody somewhere is going to be projected to lose. Somebody somewhere is going to need a win. They're going to play Amari Cooper. Yeah, because I'm stuck in that same predicament. It's like Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett. Do I follow the touchdown lock streak? It. Or, lock, it. You lock, lock it. Lock it. Yeah. Lock, I mean, lock it. Significantly better offense than Lockett. It's it, it's become very consistent. Okay, Lockett, it is. I won't say anything. <laughs> like, else. I'm Sorry. not saying. I'm Sorry, not, dads. I'm not saying that that Cooper <laughs> no. can't. And we're Watson will probably get back to some sort of his playing level during his heydays in Houston, but. Again, we're this close to playoffs. It's the same arguments people had about they should play Watson last week. Like, what's like? There is no upside to this. No, I play all risk for all five points. Yeah, like, do I expect them to be better than last week? Absolutely. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just you know completely lie to you guys. Oh yeah, game script wise and everything else, you should absolutely be better than last week. Is it going to be great? Nah, probably not. Yeah, like, do I expect them to continue to probably improve week over week? Sure. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? I'm sure he's a great, you know, a DFS dart throw. Watson considered one of the best deep ball passers when he was on his game. So I'm sure he's a, a cheaper option, too, than Cooper in DFS. Yeah, especially in DFS. Like, I love, like, Kareem Hunt still at 4,600. But just because we always see him, like, go off. He always has those games where he goes off, but he has he's only had one this year where he's actually like finished as an RB1, and that was week one, and he hasn't been over that 20-point threshold since. So it's like I I always get nervous because it's like I always want, put him in a lineup no matter what lineup I'm setting, cause just because his price just keeps dropping. I wouldn't, you even, know what, I wouldn't even play like <laughs> this price upside, but he's not even 3Xing his salary. No. He's, three, he's 3X that salary twice, and he hasn't done it since week five. Right, but the price keeps going down. He so he, still, it... he still had in 3x to 4600 that he's priced at, though. Otherwise, like, why would you pay down for a timeshare running back to build a... I mean, unless you're... Like, why not go for... Because you're oh trying to throw God. the contrarian... That you're trying to throw the contrarian pick in. Well, sure, when you're like, building up 150 lineup, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. even then, though, it's, I mean, this game will have some target to it, but there's better... There's better stacks to it, right? You're gonna have both the Bengals receivers. You're probably gonna play one of those comebacks with a wide receiver for Cleveland. I, I, I it's. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I, I don't see a world where where this, I'm wanting to play Hunt. I don't see a world where I'm wanting to play Hunt either, given the utilization. I mean, when is the last? So week eight might be the last time you played Kareem Hunt and said I feel okay about that. Yeah. Right, so oh, which, which was against Sensi, <laughs> but you still but, didn't feel it's not like you blew him out of the water, right? You didn't feel great about it. It was a 70 but, total, it was a 10 point game essentially. It was 70 total yards and four receptions. Yeah, he got 11.2 points, so yeah, he didn't even like he barely 2x. But I, I all I'm saying, it's just there's got to be some upside to him, and and 
for we the low ownership play for the low ownership play he's a he's an easy fun play to have to add in the lineup but yeah no like i totally agree with you like i'd go i'd do a chase burrow stack if i could yeah because i just feel like that one's gonna work out well and you, like the only way that hunt's ever gonna get played is if you're building a game stack in this game like you you'll never play hunt in cash you're not gonna play a naked hunt like it just yeah anyways sorry we're all good Jaguars at the Titans. Titans, three and a half point favorites at home. 41 and a half is the game total. Um, Lawrence, there's a strong chance now. I don't know how strong, but there's reports that there's a good chance he doesn't play. Uh, forget, I can't remember what the injury was, but I saw it pop up this week. It was a leg he's, injury. It happened during the game last yeah, week. Yeah, he's, he's dealing with something, and in, in, in Jacksonville being out of the playoff contention, there, there's absolutely no reason for it's them a, to rush. Toe well, injury. Toe. For, it's a toe for the official injury report. So keep your eyes out on that. And he's Titans have an improved defense, but they still are. They're still giving up some points to the QB position. Yeah, and Lawrence is not practice. He's his backup. CJ Bethard. That's right. We did, we had Oof. this discussion last week. So, Oof. bet in mind, just don't bet this game. Um, Titans very up and down, continually being one dimensional. Tannehill keeps getting knocked in and out of games. I feel like, and uh, yeah, they should easily win this game. So, if you really want, I mean, I guess if you think that they can cover three and a half, which in theory they should, but. I'm I'm not no I'm not betting this game. Um, yeah, Titans are giving up points to wide receivers. Um, last five weeks they are the worst in the NFL as far as allowing points to the wide receiver position. A lot of that's happened through touchdowns with AJ Brown, Christian Watson, uh, T Higgins, Michael Hardman, and then uh, something called a uh, Jalen Virgil all going over 13 points against them. So that's going to make Christian Kirk an okay play. I think even with Pathard, I don't know how you trust anything else in that. Um, Yeah, in that receiving game. Jaguars offense? Yeah, well, Jaguars offense, ETN's not on the injury report, so I'm fine with that. I think that they'll lean on him even even heavier Um, if they have to go with with Bethard as the starting QB, I do think you're going to see more checkdowns go to ETN. You're going to see him leaned on quite a bit more um, than what you would typically expect. And then, you know, Robin, well, Robinson's gone. Never mind. Hasty's the backup. Oh, Hasty didn't have that much play last week game. No, no. no, and he's not going to with ETN healthy. Uh, Titan side of it is just Henry. They haven't had a receiver that's consistently done shit. No, they don't, and especially with Traylon Burks being more than likely being out with a concussion. Yeah, he's still not practicing and not cleared. So if Burks plays, then yeah, you're gonna play Burks because it's a concussion, right? It's either you're cleared, you're full go, or you're not. Um, you typically don't see like getting eased back in after that, but um, right now he's not practicing, so I'm assuming he's not gonna play. It was a pretty bad hit. Yeah. And with him, like, if he plays, I'd go for Ryan Tannehill at 5,200. But if he doesn't play, I'm not playing Ryan Tannehill at all just because of that whole reason. I, I feel like once 
Burks was out there. Tannehill really kind of was a lot more be- was a lot better out there. And then I feel nervous with Derrick Henry because just the way he's been performing the last few games, of he's had two games back to back now of under forty rushing yards. So he's not. He's kind of starting to stumble. Like you know, is, are we going to start getting the playoff push, Derrick Henry, or is this the downhill slope that we're starting to see? So at seventy nine hundred, I'm passing on Derrick Henry, but like you said, Hopper, like that. Who else are you gonna? And it's not like Jacksonville's not been terrible against the run, but it's not like they've been fantastic either. So, and like we already mentioned earlier in the show, it's a it's a really weird week for for running backs. There's so many guys that you do have to play that are in timeshare, so to go out and get somebody that that really hasn't been in in that much of a timeshare. I think the problem with Henry is that against Philly, he somehow ended up game scripted out. I don't think we've ever seen that for him, but he ended up game scripted out. It was really not that way against Cincinnati, but he wasn't effective, at least in the run game. Uh, he wasn't the receiving game. So, Yeah, so could it be like a Hillard game for the Titans? Where he's like more available in the passing. No, nah, because I don't think that the game script's gonna dictate more of a of a Hilliard game here. I don't think it's gonna be like you know last week where they're they're down and they're down big. Yeah. And like you said, like the Jacksonville wide receivers, even with Bethard starting, it could be questionable, but I still like Christian Kirk at sixty six hundred. Yeah, Zay Jones it, banged up, by the way. He's also on the injury report. Yeah, he has a chest. He was limited today in practice. He does have a chest, yes. Chest injury. <laughs> Woo, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he's got that, a chest. That's on the front, not the back. And then I, I still like uh, Evan Ingram too. He's at 3,300 this week. He had seven targets last week, so it's kind of hard to look past seven targets. But then at the same time, it's like you look at those big target games where like he had six targets against Denver for 50, 55 yards and a touchdown, and then followed that up with one reception for eight yards. So there's no consistency there. And he had seven targets last week. He had a touchdown, but he only went for 30 yards. So, yeah. Well, they were using uh, short and close too. like, he wasn't doing anything deep. He had like one deep target and he dropped it. So that was one of the uh, seven targets that he didn't catch. And then uh, if it's Bethard, how do you guys feel about starting the Titans defense at 3,400 this week on DFS? You can almost play both defenses. Yeah. With this low yeah. game total. You can. 2700 for the Jaguars. It's not a bad deal. Yeah. If you're looking for a cheap defense, right? You mentioned the Jets, Ryan, around that 25 range. That's sub 3K defense. So you can build some of those higher those higher stacks. That's usually what I like to do. I like to scroll down on the bottom and see what where, 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 what the what the bottom of the barrel looks like. So I like right. call it. Find somebody you like at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Jacksonville's. I don't think Jacksonville's ownership's going to be very high. I wouldn't think so. Titans, I definitely think they will be, especially if, especially, especially Especially if if Lawrence doesn't play. Yeah. So that might not be a bad pivot if you're looking to find some uniqueness to your build. Yeah. Is it? It's still thirteen to three somehow. Yeah, it's gotten it's fucking ugly. I'm glad I took the under and all that. Yeah. This. Easy. All right. Last noon game. Battle of Texas. Tight Texans versus the Cowboys. Cowboys 17 and a half point. 17 and a half point favorites at home. 
44 and a half is a game total. I don't know if if the Texans are score. The Cowboys can definitely get this on their own. I, I don't know if they will though. I'll I'll, uh, I'll just let this game go. Obviously, spreads way too high to be comfortable with. Um, Dallas playing some of the best football that they played in a very long time. So, just just sit back and watch the destruction happen, and and hopefully uh, you get you, you get some fantasy productions from your Dallas players in the first half before they get taken out in the third quarter. Because they're up, you know, thirty five points. Yeah. Uh, both running backs and CD Lamb for Dallas. Uh, Michael Gallup, the last two weeks, has had decent target volume. Did have the multi-touchdown game. Not a lot of yardage productivity. Not a game script. They're going to need to use him, of course. Neither was a game against the Colts. He's kind of a break glass in case of emergency player this week, the way that things have been trending for him. Um, you know, it, it's not... You don't feel safe with it, but if you're looking for somebody in upside in a game that should have some upside, that's the right you're going to go. Dalton Schultz has been a bit pedestrian, but the touchdown upside is there, so you're good with that. Texan side of this, yeah, hey, gross. That's my Texan sound. You can't <laughs> even say Damian Pierce, right? You know, it's a little that's uh, ugly. It's, it's got to be efficient. That's Ninety-five total yards last week, but yeah, he's got to be efficient against a good Dallas defense. So it's. But- they broke the news today, though, that uh, Davis Mills is starting. Uh, he's he's back. Don't know what that means. Which is somehow an improvement on Kyle Allen. The the, the uh, spread went from sixteen and a half, or what? No, eighteen and a half to eighteen and a half. No change. Yeah, no. Like I like the stack of doing like a Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, sixty-seven hundred, sixty-one hundred. As like a mid mid range running backs to stack it with this with this one. Oh man. Right? No. I mean You don't like that? Because you're playing two players cannibalizing themselves. Like if you if you like why not just then spend and try to play another running back who's got higher touch potential? Like you can play one of them. I'd probably play Pollard, right? Because he's got the big play potential. He's probably cheaper than Zeke. I just yeah, You're, I mean, no, you, you have to more expensive exp- than Zeke. Oh, okay, then you then maybe you play Zeke. It's just that's a lot of that's a lot of salary tied into one backfield. You're you're effectively playing three times three k more than what McCaffrey's salary was during his prime. And yeah, you, that's right. You have to get that much more production out of a backfield that may. Only need half of it. Like fuck, no. you could see Malik Davis come in in the third or fourth quarter, and then those, <laughs> then then what? So you know they one of keep them playing. With. You know they those keep playing Thunder and Lightning like they always do every week. I mean, it's or, it's or worked gets out. all the yards, and Elliot just gets the touchdowns in the red zone. It's worked out well for them. Fuck, yeah. Zeke's been Zeke's been more efficient than he's been in a long time. Yeah, yeah I this is great for yeah. I'm not saying Zeke's been more efficient throughout a lot of the games through most of these games until Pollard gets the big play. Yeah, because Zeke's been at, they say averaging 13 points per game, but over his last five, over his last five, he's been over 15.6. So he's actually been averaging more closer to 16 and a half over his last five games. So that one's been official. And I like the one that Hopper said about Michael Gallup. 
he he didn't show much for yards, but he did get those two goal line touchdowns to kind of help boost him a little bit last week. And a blowout. And a blowout. And he actually went from 4,800 last week on Sunday Night Football to 4,600 this week. So that's not a bad deal at all. I, I still like CeeDee Lamb, but I don't know how much they're really going to need CeeDee Lamb. Like you said, Dan, like it could be one half. It could be a first quarter for him, you know. I mean, you're still, I mean, Lamb is still a target getter. And they can't they can't blow teams out. <laughs> like teams have to get production before they blow a team out, obviously. So oh, yeah, someone's got to get the nothing. Yeah, someone's got to get the production there for you know to hit that point. That's the why game, I, that's the Gabe Davis law. Yeah. <laughs> this would be the game where Dave where Gabe Davis is the sole reason why that, that the Bills are blowing a team out. No, but this is uh it's I w- I would be careful trying to try to do too heavy of a Dallas sack because of their you know their opponent's not going to push pace. Yeah, and, and if you want to go expensive yeah. on a DFS on that, like Cowboys defense is thirty eight hundred, and they're the number three defense. Gross. Yeah, that's uh, they're going to be played heavily too. Well, now it's right. heavily because they're they're an expensive defense, so don't see some run. Yeah, they're going to yeah they they're priced that way because they're going to score. Well, defenses yep. are, are always weird. Like you don't see super high ownership in either direction. It's yeah. It's just it's how teams are going to build their their massive injuries based around you know how they want to do their game stacks. All right, Let's do a beer review and then wrap this shit up. You start, Dan. You got the non-alcoholic. So the cool thing about drinking these is that it goes down just quickly, right? Seven or eight calories, obviously, just half percent of a you know a booze in there. So you drink these, drink these, drink these, drink these, and and it's just like at some point you'll get bloated. But how many calories? Seventy-eight. Oh, nice. So it's less than a seltzer, even. Yep, less than most. Um, you're looking just slightly above like your McUltra range, right? Ultra and it's like 55 and stuff. Yeah. So this is like drinking a a a sessionable pale ale, right? You get the malt characteristics, you get the floral, the piney, you know, citrusness from the hops that are used in there, and it, it's like drinking a regular pale, just a regular IPA. Um. It's that's why these beers are so popular. So, uh, you're getting exactly as advertised. They have a a darker beer that's out that I'm gonna probably pick up and bring on the show at some point. Uh, I've always been intrigued by some of the more malt heavier beers and how they get that done. So, I'm excited to try a a na. I guess you know darker. I uh, an na darker beer. Hmm. Interesting. Curious on how you get NA done anyway. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, I'm gonna start looking at NA too just to try it. You're basically boiling out all the alcohol and then a lot of filtrations to take as much stuff out of the way and basically reducing the risk of any refermentation in the can, which is why you don't see a a zero point zero ever advertised in craft because there's so always it, room. So when you say boiling off all the al- alcohol, the alcohol technically doesn't exist until after fermentation. Are you reboiling it after fermentation? 
or are they killing off the enzymes so that things don't convert? That's probably it. Um, not a hundred percent certain, but that that's... I'm gonna look into that process because it's always intrigued me knowing the natural process of how you get beer through sugar extraction, yeast convert sugars into alcohol, and that's the whole point. If you don't, wouldn't if you didn't pitch yeast, you're just gonna have something that's super sweet and over attenuated with normal with normal grains. So I'm super curious how they get that. I'm gonna look into that. I'll report back next week. Yeah. And that brew process because it's always intrigued me a little bit. And I'm sure it's hard to do. So yeah. All right. I had Pursuit United. Uh the bourbon, they do have a rye variant as well, which is also very good. So as a reminder, Pursuit United is the spirits company that's owned by Ryan Cecil and Kenny Com- Coleman of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. Great guys. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, you're interested in bourbon at all, go listen. They're the number one bourbon podcast that you probably have already. Um so this guy, again, it's a custom blend um of bourbon from Bardstown Bourbon Company, Finger Lakes Distilling out of New York, and then a Tennessee distillery that is not Dickel. And I had the pleasure of tasting this, the individual components of this before they were blended together. They pursued Palooza earlier this year. This bourbon is it's an exceptional blend, especially for for the price point. Um, it kind of gives you everything that you want as you go through the drink. It's spicy. It's a little bit oaky. Um, there's a nice, like, chocolate yellow cake note to it in the middle that comes from the Finger Lakes product that's in this. Definitely more on the sweeter side, but it wraps up with a bit of spice, just a touch of a Kentucky hug. Um, the tannins show up just enough in it with some of that sweet, like chewy oak to, to balance out the sweetness. Very, very well blended. Uh, very, very good pour. Uh, definitely exceptional at the price point. Uh, if you have a chance to pick it up, I 100% cannot recommend strongly enough doing that. Um, they're only available in certain States. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's definitely worth the, worth the cost of admission. Sounds good. I would put this up against like, um, it's 108 proof, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's 108 proof. So, you know, putting this up against, it's a little bit lower proof than what like the Elijah Craig barrel proof stuff would be. Um, but, you know, I, I would put it up against some of their better offerings, some of the, uh, um, you know, like I, I would take this over Wild Turkey 101. It is a little bit more, more expensive than that, but I would take this over that. Um, you know, trying to think of other things that are in that 107. It's kind of a unicorn in the sense that there's not a lot at this proof with this flavor profile at that price point. You've either got to go higher or limited release to, to get there, or lower, and the quality is not quite as good. So I had secret beer hug, secret beer hug, not bear hug, beer hug. Number one, hazy IPA from Goose Island comes in at six and a half percent. And as I'm always going to say with hazy IPA, I could, all I taste is more great. Like this one tastes a little bit more grapefruity. Did you guys notice that kind of same thing when you guys had it? Yeah. No, more grapefruit than anything than like tropical. I didn't really taste like the more of like the pineapple or 
Yeah, um, it's it's winter. It's more of a traditional IPA where you're gonna get more, you know, American sea hops, more more yeah. kind of like grapefruit out of it than you know those pineapple or super juicy tropical notes or anything like that. Yeah, so that's why I know it's more of anything. It was, it was more of a grapefruit beer than any other hazy I've had. Still pretty good though. I mean, definitely recommend it. But I definitely got a couple more other ones to try that I'll definitely have on next week also. So it's part of my four pack. Was it four pack, twelve pack? Or three pack, they give you three different variants and four different variants, three different cans. That's what I got out of it. Can you do that? Can you run through that again real quick? I'm not quite hold on. Hold on. Can we oh. three so pack, got... four pack, no, it, it... twelve pack, four variants <laughs> times three, carry the one. You get twelve, right? Twenty one beers. All right, yeah. Four Somehow we beers. get the twenty one beers. That's kinda like twelve, but the other way around. Yeah, the wrong twelve. This yeah, is makes, twelve. That makes it total it's backwards sense. twelve. Yes, kind of like you trying to explain how many beers are in that case you got. Jesus Christ, it was fun. It's a fun pack. Yeah, fun. Kind of. All right, like Panther Seahawks, Chiefs Broncos. Damn it, you're close. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites on the road at forty three and a half. Is the game total? You have one of the league's best offenses, highest scoring offenses against one of the best teams against, or, or against one of the best teams giving up points, but can't score any points themselves. Fit the Chiefs in the spread. I go. Uh, I go slightly over. Yep, Juju's kind of in a lull uh, ever since that that earlier hot streak. So. Um, he came back from injury and hasn't seen the same target volume. Really, it's been a lot of Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, and I think that that's that's going to continue. Um, you know, MVS outside, been getting some volume, going to have a tough matchup. Juju's another player like Gallup, I think, in this one that might be break glass in case of emergency just because he should, in theory, have a slightly easier matchup. Um, Juju's playing primarily out of slot, right? I'm not misremembering mis- yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. So he should draw a slightly easier matchup than the other guys outside, but this is still mostly going to be Travis Kelsey's game. Um, as far as the running game goes, uh, <laughs> the Chiefs' running game has been a trash heap to try to predict all season, right? Um, you had some games where it looked like Pacheco was going to break out, and he still does look good, but you're more in kind of a split role again where he's getting receiving work and McKinnon's getting receiving work and it's like 60-40 going that way. So Pacheco in a tough matchup if you're looking for a running back. The Broncos side of this are looking to be without Cortland Sutton. So you're going to have Jerry Judy. They are using Greg Dulcich more in a wide receiver role. So I do actually like Dulcich a lot this week as a tight end, um, especially with them being with without Cortland Sutton. Um, I think is Jerry Judy on their injury report still or no? Uh, yes, I think he he's still, still questionable. Is, but he's, yeah, but he's still slated to play. Questionable with ankle. Okay, yeah, he is. Not that I didn't believe you. Um, Andrew Beck, one of their other tight ends, dealing with a hamstring injury, which also votes well for for Dolchich. So, um, yeah, Dolchich is. I think the guy really want to target here along with Jerry Judy, they're going to have to throw. Uh, Latavius Murray's getting most of the running back work. He's going to be 
a flex RB2 type play with really no upside at all. That's Denver. Yeah, he has nothing. Like Latavius Murphy is just like, you hope for a touchdown, and then if you don't get a touchdown, then it's a bad day. You're just getting like 80-some-odd yards <laughs> and around 10 yeah. points probably, and that's... Yeah. Very gross. Yeah, it's, it's got very gross. Um, the way they're using Dolchich, though, I, I, I like, especially in a, a game that could have not been lopsided. And I think actually Dolchich actually led the team in targets last week, too, with he, eight. He did in 80 plus yards for a tight end, but you had immediate upper tier tight end one. So, as a rookie, too. So that's even fun. Oh, yeah. And Someone's going to make plays out there. $3,400 on DraftKings for him. So that could be easy smash for him. I think but so. I still, I'm not playing Russell Wilson because I don't know why why anyone plays him because it's just that's just fire you're playing with. Patrick Mahomes is, I think, the most expensive. Nope, he's the third most expensive quarterback this week on the slate. So this you're is not a play- good game for him. I would not. You don't think so? It feels, it feels like anytime he goes up against a strong pass defense, that's when he does good. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying just based on, on what Denver's been this year and how they're not going to need a lot of scoring. I mean, this all you need to do is score 20 points and you'll beat Denver. Yeah. yeah they're, they not gonna need, they're not going to need much of him. Now, I'm not saying he won't do it. I'm not saying you're going to obviously bench him or nothing like that. But I, I me personally, I, I wouldn't be heavily invested into this Chiefs offense this week for DFS. I still like Isaiah Pacheco though, the way the way amount of attempts he's getting. Yeah, I mean he's okay in the passing game, but if you're if you want to swap plays from fifty seven hundred, which is what Pacheco's at, down to Jared McKinnon at forty six hundred, I wouldn't mind playing him either. Isn't Just because I cheaper? Feel... Compared to Pacheco? Pacheco, yeah. Yeah. I say I think they're the same person. Singletary, yeah, they're both actually they're both fifty seven hundred. Okay. Well, apparently, apparently they think they're the same person too. <laughs> you yeah, guys you guys are cute. Both running backs. I man. Uh, maybe. Uh, it's, uh, uh, nah, I'm good. That's uh, it for this game. All right. All right. <laughs> Panthers at the Seahawks. Seahawks four point favorites at home. Forty four and a half. It's the game total. That's the continued surprise rise of Seattle. Carolina has covered five out of their past six games. Pretty impressive, uh, especially given their their quarterback carousel in that meantime. But they really haven't played against a good team outside of Cincy in early November to speak of. So this should be a decent test when you have one of the more efficient offenses with Geno being one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. I like Seattle minus four. Um, they're getting beat outside with with speed by they. I mean, Carolina. They're middle of the road against the wide receiver, but they're getting beat outside with speed for the most part over the last five weeks, uh, and really throughout the season. Well, I think Seattle has somebody like that that could beat you outside of speed and vertical ability. I think so. Big fucking dude too. Yeah. So I'm in on DK Metcalf. Go ahead and chase the Tyler Lockett, um, you know, volume, but also touchdown streak. You are probably you are going to be without Kenneth Walker this week, most likely for Seattle. Travis Homer figures to draw the start. That's going to be a little bit uglier. 
than you would expect. DJ Dallas also not not back, so they're not not in a great way. Um, they're in Seattle, and then uh, Carolina side of this is it Darnold again? They're still rolling with Don- Darnold. They cut Baker. I'm assuming they're still rolling with Darnold, not Peter. I believe yes. yes. Yep, you're right. So, you're correct. um, you know what that does bode well for is DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore with Sam Darnold is not is wide receiver two floor. Um, the one game that they had together, uh, 103 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, it, it's not a terrible matchup for him. And I do feel relatively confident in DJ Moore with the rapport he has with Sam Darnold and the way that he's going to be utilized. And then, uh, you know, Foreman this week where there's not a lot of options at running back is, I think, a plus, as, as a plug and play start. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's been- it's funny that DF, uh, drafting still has Baker Mayfield on the quarterback slate for uh, Carolina on here as listed as out. Yeah, they don't. Because of the midweek stuff, they won't update it till next week. Yeah, they're generally a week ahead in there. And they're they're putting oh, shit yeah. together. That's right, because they do their Sunday night. That's right. But Geno Smith this week, sixty two hundred bucks can't go wrong with him, especially with the way, like you said, Hopper, everything about the wide receivers being able to burn Carolina deep. Get that big guy out there named DK Metcalf at seventy one hundred. Who's that guy? I wonder how good he is. Or Tyler Lockett at sixty five hundred. Game sack them both, baby. You could hit him with that run back with DJ. DJ Moore at fifty five hundred. That's a big. uh, That's a big stack though. (laughs) Yeah, I pick one of. You pick one of uh, one of Lockett Metcalf and you run it back with Moore. And I still like uh, Deontay Foreman just because it feels like anytime you start a running back in Seattle, they do good. And he comes in at 5,400. Hopper, we got chat. What? Chat. Yeah. But this new private dating with lips. Oh, sweet. Private dating? Ooh, fun. Uh, Triple X 20. I actually don't see it. There we go. All right. Anything else, Ryan? DFS? No, it's just basically I'm, I'm on Seattle side and kind of off Carolina, unless the same DJ Moore and Deonta Foreman. All right. What a hard Sunday slate, right? Right. Bucks at the Niners. Niners, three and a half point favorites. 37 and a half is the over under. The start of Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. All the decisions you have to make with, uh, with one of the best playmaking groups in football with what San Francisco has decision-making between Rashad White or Leonard Fournette and whether you should play him this week. Hopper, you're going to have fun with that, with that, with that, with that part. I'm just going to, I'm I'm taking Tampa Bay on the road. Brady, this is prime time Brady time. All right. Other side of this, let's go with San Francisco first. Christian McCaffrey. Um, no Elijah Mitchell with the third string quarterback is uh, you're locked and loaded with him. That's where the offense is going to, you know, try to run through. Uh, you had 10 targets last week for Debo Samuel as he ramps back up. His target volume's actually been very, very good the last three weeks, despite the productivity not necessarily being there. Um, you know, I, I can, I can get behind there being target volume with the ability to break out that he has. And I do think they're going to have to involve him in the rushing game and get a bit creative with him again. Tough matchup against Tampa, but I do think that you know, you're going to have to utilize Debo. So 
Yeah, you you might as well play him because Shani's going to have to get creative here. Uh, I'm a little tepid on on Ayuk. I know there for a while in the middle of the season, he had a stretch of really good games put together. His high water mark the last two weeks has been 65 yards. Again, target volume's been there, but he's being used as more of a true just outside receiver, and that does not play well against the Bucs. I like Debo more because of the gadgets you get with him. You're not typically going to get that out of Ayuk, so I do. I am fading Ayuk a bit this week. Um and kind of the same thing for, you know, actually, no, where are you guys, how do you guys feel about Kittle? Let me just ask, how are we feeling about Kittle this week? Do you think he's going to have to block? Do you think they're going to use him as a safety net? Um, yes. Yeah. Two <laughs> targets. Two, yeah. Two catches on two targets for like 20 yards. Yeah. against Miami. But are you going to say, and this is obviously Purdy was in for over half this game. I mean, do we really feel. I mean, you're not gonna. It's hey, yeah, yeah, is gonna be yeah, tough. Yeah. Who, who are you re- realistically benching him for? So you, yeah, you, you, you almost have to just eat, and just hope that, you know, that he gets rollouts and they try to put him in space more. But like, cop, like I'll tell you who I'm benching him for, Greg Dolchich. Sure, that that would yeah. be probably one of the very you know few occasions in which you can make that decision. Um. Yeah. But uh-huh. even then, it's it's still it's still tough, mm-hmm. just given what we know what we can get from Kittle, even with back quarterback play. Well, that that's also true. Yeah. Um. For the Bucks, you mentioned Rashad White versus Leonard Fournette, and this one against against San Francisco. Um. You know, Rashad White was primarily involved in the receiving game. He caught the receiving touchdown last week. Um. Whereas Leonard Fournette was. Uh, a bit more of the runner and you know he also looked better than he had been he also was heavily involved in the receiving game with on seven targets so you know i think in this game looking at script and everything seeing how both guys were used it's another one of those situations where you're going to be 50 50 and they're both flex plays you know until somebody clearly grabs this and they're not going to phase Lenny out all the way yet even though Rashad White's been phased in more what you've gotten here is you've gotten more of a timeshare where it's it's neither guy but you know I I do like both guys because of how the Bucks have shown they're going to use them especially in PPR you know throw under your running backs 13 times when you're splitting targets that way actually bodes well for both dudes in my opinion but the problem is both of them are going to have significantly capped upside that is on the injury report, and this is also still is a, a difficult matchup. Uh, Fournette was heavily used during the clutch, during clutch time for for Tampa Bay's comeback. White get it, dig it in on the last play of the game. Obviously, little more of a receiving threat than what Fournette is at their points in their careers. So, bear in mind that uh, there's heavy, there's a lot of Fournette. Uh, towards the later part of that game. And I think Tampa Bay can definitely keep this close. So uh, White could dominate the touches early or, or see more of the, I won't say dominate, but see more of the early snaps and touches. You uh, can see that lean into Fournette. Fournette is not on the injury report right now. Oh, I saw him show up as questionable when I saw one of the things pop up today. I'm just looking at NFL.com. And okay. They have the latest updates from today's practice list and there's no format sean murphy bunting is limited vadeve is limited winfield is not practicing okay um which actually is a good news for kittle but yeah 
Yeah. Michelle Fournette limited at practice Thursday with it by a foot injury. So he's just yeah. limited. I'm just well, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. We'll know more about it this week. Yeah, that's not on the right NFL site either on yeah. under the Thursday practices. So that's that's interesting because the NFL site has the official injury reports and he's not on there. So I don't know. Gross. Tom Brady's getting so cheap now in DFS. It's crazy. He's down to 5,600 already. And I found I found some uh, good news. So Tom Brady in two, was in the 2000 Orange Bowl. He threw for 69, 369 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Brock Purdy was just five days old. Ah. That was by uh, Chris, Crystal Scour on Twitter. She wrote that. She's like that huge uh, San Francisco fan. I no, gonna, time on my timeline. Uh, when Tom Brady did what? He was in the two. He was in the two thousand Orange Bowl, and Brock Purdy That's was five right. years old. That makes sense. And now we're gonna watch Brock Purdy, Tyler Heineke, his way to a near victory. You hope so, right? And against Tampa Bay. <laughs> God, I mean Brock Purdy. There's so many fantasy relevant players in this game, and it could not be just the a worst. gross. One of the grosser matchups because there's no Garoppolo. And like, Ugh. it's like it's hard to play. It's hard not to play Christian McCaffrey at eighty five hundred. He's like one of the most expensive, not the most expensive running back on the slate. Like, but like last week he got twenty eight point six, but the week before that is eighteen point nine, seventeen point six, seventeen seven, forty point two six. So it's like you're playing with fire on that so, one. So so he's. So he's really good, or he's extremely good. Exactly. <laughs> like that's Wait, why like, he's eighty five hundred, though. Yeah, and then Leonard Fournette, like yeah, I said, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, being like a 50-50 split. DraftKings sees it the same way. It's like Fournette's fifty six hundred, drop down a hundred bucks. There's Rashad White. I mean, both backs. As Hopper mentioned, both backs are going to get involved, and that's one way to, to help you know neutralize a pass rush when your offensive line isn't playing particularly well. It, it's to it, it's to utilize the short throws and quick releases that Brady has. So, yep, absolutely. As um, Hopper mentioned, both backs are viable. So Fournette doesn't show up on the full injury report if you go to that section of the site. Then if you go to the text article of the injury report, it says he's questionable with a foot injury. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking social. Fucking technology. On All the right, same we got... website, by the way. Ridiculous. We got two games left. Okay. Dolphins at the Chargers. Game of the week. Tua Game versus Herbert. Week. Tua versus social media uh, a quarterback that's been pinned for Herbert, apparently. Dolphins are three-point favorites on the road. 52 and a half. Tied for the highest game total. I think this is actually a point higher than Vikings Lions. Um, this should be a master class of points. Uh, take the over and hopefully we get a fireworks show. Ooh. And we'll see, unless Brandon Staley really fucks it up for us, which also wouldn't surprise me. That would not surprise me either. Not, not only fuck. do you take the over, you just start freaking everything, including Josh Palmer. Done. Yep. Easiest game preview ever. Uh, by the way, Jeff Wilson not cutting into Mustard's work at last week's inning. Dude, he got rough last week. A lot of yeah. pissed off Jeff Wilson stands out there. Yes, sir. Yikes. Um, that's really the only thing you know for this game. Other than that, you're playing freaking everything. 
Touchdown game maker. <laughs> Yay! It worked. Mm, I started one yard, one yard touchdown run. One yeah, yard run. Gross. Cam Akers stat line. 12 for 42 and a tutty. Yay. Yeah, 12 for 42 and a tutty. Look at Baker Makefield. 17 out of 28 for buck 50. Yards. It's pretty ugly. God, it's so bad. Vince Gronick. Vince Gronick on his way to a 10 point game. Yeah, Ben Skoranek, 549. He might as well be a tight end. <laughs> Ryan, any uh any showdown love for the Sunday night game? Uh I have like a Sunday Monday slate that I'm, I'm able to pull up, so I'm able to pull up cheap ones. If people are able to look at that. But yeah, I still go Herbert. I still go uh to uh Eckler's actually on the record to be like he's actually like on pace to beat CMC's like most reception record. Dude, it's right insane now. how much. Yeah, he is. He is. He's been the most utilized back out of the in the receiving game. It's not it's even close. Crazy. It's because they can't get a Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett health to all line up properly with Eckler. Hundred four targets already. Eighty five receiving. Yeah. Or eighty five receptions. Sorry. Jesus. But. But yeah, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, it's like a 50-50 backfield once again. More like you know, I know it's more and more we're talking tonight. The more backfields we're seeing as like a 50-50 split. So it's it's scary, but that's how football like that's how these teams are going now, is they're having the nice one-two punch. You're also late. Work. You're also late into the season and you're trying it's not that you're resting players, but you're trying to find you know ways to keep your players, you know, from a week to week fresh. And, and like the fact, an approach. yeah, and, and the fact is, you mentioned more teams don't value running backs the way they used to be, so you can just you know create your monster with these little draft picks, and you just rotate them in and out as you go. And Mike Williams, he was back as a full participant this week. Was he? Did he come back? Yeah, yeah, he is. Fifty nine hundred. I mean, I oh, hope he does more than we did the other day. Just in time for the fireworks. Just in time to pour some water on Josh Palmer. Yeah, so I like him a lot at fifty nine hundred. You still play him too. Just kidding, you still play him too. But even with him, like with him being in, as long as he's in, I'm not a fan of Gerald Everett at all this week. Like I'd be a fan of Everett if if he was out, but with him in, I'm not a fan of Everett at forty three hundred. Everett's really fallen off a bit too. I mean, he's been battling his own injuries, but yeah, it's not been the same as it was early season. All right, last game Monday night. We ready? Let's do it. Pats at the Cardinals. Patriots, yeah. one and a half point favorites on the road. Well, at least we can end on a good game, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> 43 and a half is the game total. Um, Ugly. Just, it's one of those games. It's a, a lot of fantasy matchups are going to come down to this game, right? Ramondre Stevenson, Hopkins, Murray, Marquise Brown. Um, maybe potentially Jacoby Myers. This is uh James <laughs> stressful. Connor. Yeah, James Connor, and, and, and it's not a pretty matchup. And I, from a betting standpoint, I, I I have very little interest. Probably the Patriots. I'll I'll take the one and a half and get a little better odds. But that's about it. Do yourself a favor and don't play Jacoby Myers when your fantasy championships on the line. No more than six targets each of the last four weeks. Um, the floor has been there. The upside's completely evaporated. He had a nice stretch there in the middle, particularly, I think with Billy Zappi, but 
since yeah. the Mac's come back, it's basically been run of the mill. You know, here's your floor, but not much else. Um, and it's been disappointing. There's been several good matchups, uh, Minnesota being one of them, Buffalo being one of them that just didn't come to fruition for him. So stay away from that. It's really just from Andre Stevenson on, on the Patriots side, I think. Um, the other side of this for the Cardinals, it's the Patriots have a good defense, but you're not going to back off of, of nuke. You may fade Hollywood Brown a little bit though, because of that. Um, and you know, Connor's been really it. So this is not a fun game. No, pretty ugly game. Really? No, it's not a fun game. And when one, you're only like exciting players to start in DFS cheaply. And like, is looking at Hunter Henry at 3,200 just because it's not even exciting. No, exactly. And just, that's just because like Arizona ranks fairly low. They, they have them as 32, but they're not 32 overall because they've done pretty good lately against tight ends, but still. it's Hunter Henry. And still, it's just like they have their chances to do it. But yeah, you're going to start your normal James Conner, 6,900, Ramondre Stevenson, 6,600. I would still tap Jacoby Myers just on DFS-wise. Like you said, Hopper, you're not going to do it in your fantasy football championship. But on DFS, he's at 4,800, so he's definitely worth the play on that. Uh, with your playoffs on the line. Yeah. yeah. No, not playing with that one. But DFS-wise, yes. That's a show. That's it. That was fun. Woo. Woo. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh we will be here Sunday. 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 Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh for start sits normal time, so right around 10 a.m. And yeah, we'll catch you catch you then. Take care. Yeah. Beerfield podcast at Beerfield on Twitter. I'm at Beerfield Hop at Ryan Minor underscore FFP at Beerfield Thurry. See you guys. Bye.